Hey guys, welcome back to Unpopular. How is everybody? Zach Peter is back on the pod today. He's coming up in a few minutes and we're talking Jen Shah, Jen Shah's sentencing. I'll be honest, I'm already sick to fucking death of Jen Shah. Like after I recorded the episode, I'm like too much Jen Shah, but I feel like I have to close out the Jen Shah chapter. You know, I've been on her ass since day one and Now she's finally getting locked up where she belongs, and I knew that Zach would be great to cover this with me because he hates her too, and he's quite good with all the legal stuff as well. But, yeah, I'm already sick of her. I mean, nothing was worse than when she got sentenced. If you went on social media, if you follow any form of any, like, Bravo news accounts, it was, like, 50 different accounts posting what she was sent. Jen Shah sentenced to 6.5. Jen Shah sentenced to 6.5. Can Elon Musk and whoever owns fucking Instagram, can y'all just, like, fix the algorithm so I don't need to see the same news item from, like, everybody? Like, can the algorithm recognize that, yes, I've seen it once or twice now, Jen Shah was sentenced to 6.5. I don't need to see 1,000 other accounts post it because it's, like, all these accounts just post the same fucking content. I mean, can we train the algorithm, please? Like... They do it so it's like even the accounts that I don't follow, because I unfollowed a lot of them, it just recognizes that you like that content. So it just gives it to you even if you're not following it. It comes up in your feed as like a a recommended thing. I'm like, enough already. Um, We also talked about Harry and Meghan, which that's another thing I said I wouldn't talk about again. I'm like done with Harry and Meghan, but Zach has really been covering them a lot and the headlines of them are just, it, it just, it's relentless. It's so... It just will not stop with them. And I kind of actually wanted to ask him about uh, if he's been getting trolled by the Megan fans ever since he started covering her because I got him onto that Tom Bauer book. So we went down a bit of a uh, Megan and Harry rabbit hole, although I don't expect to really talk about them again, but who knows, but whatever. Um, there's a lot of breaking Bravo news, actually. That will be on Patreon. So the cast for the new Ultimate Girls trip is out. Uh, there's a trailer for Vanderpump Rules. I will cover that on Patreon along with my little mini recaps of Miami and Potomac. Um, we'll talk some Beverly Hills as well and some of the casting situations with that. So that's patreon.com slash unpopularjp. By the way, I'm ditching Below Deck. I, ca- I just can't keep up with them. It's it's the best show. It's too much. I'm watching too many things. I always feel bad about, oh my God, I've got to go and watch Below Deck. Behind on Below Deck. I can't do it anymore. I don't recap it. I don't make money off it. Like, enough. I'll probably stick with, like, Below Deck Down Under and that might be it. I don't know. Farewell below deck. I love you, but there's too much. I'm just like balls deep in so many other TV shows. I've been playing that last of us on PS five, which is taking up so much time. I'm like, can I get to the end of the goddamn game already? It's just very time consuming. I'm watching all these Zeus network shows. So if you follow me on Instagram, actually, I've been posting uh, a lot of clips from Jocelyn's cabaret, which I'm watching on Zeus, which is like, amazing and fucking insane and i'm going to do an episode on the pod about it coming up actually um what else am i waiting for yes i'm waiting for the hbo last of us i do want to watch the tammy wynette show on showtime but then someone told me that it's like actually not good so i don't know maybe i won't there's a new k drama on netflix which i really am going to watch like at some point uh 
and it's getting a lot of buzz. Everyone's talking about it. It's called The Glory. It's like this melodramatic thriller about a girl who was bullied at school and then she grows up and she's really beautiful and she becomes the homeroom teacher at the school where her bully's daughter is enrolled and she just like launches a revenge campaign uh, against the bullies. So I think that'll be good. Like it's getting a lot of buzz. It's sort of the new hot K drama going around. Uh, so I am going to watch that. I might even do an episode on it actually. I am excited for The Bachelor, as always. I never finish a season of The Bachelor. Like, I always get, like, halfway through. I love it, but it's just, you know, it's so long and it's just, like, hard to get through. But I'm always excited when a new one rolls around. By the way, speaking of The Bachelor, Chris Harrison is back out. He's got a podcast now. This is his first gig since he was cancelled. And I was very disappointed with the podcast because I was like, I want him to come out here, guns blazing, and just be like, nah, this cancellation was bullshit. And really just like spit in the face of like everyone that like took him down and made him lose his job. But instead, I don't know if he apologized, but he was doing the the usual like, oh, it was a very difficult conversation and I've learned so much and I didn't want to talk straight away because I had to process everything. And I don't think I got my my point across at the time in the right way because I didn't use all the all the right special words. And it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, Chris Harrison's situation with Rachel Lindsay when he was cancelled, I think out of all the cancel culture stuff that happened, out of all the, like, overblown scandals, his was the number one most BS thing ever. He fucking got fired for that interview with Rachel Lindsay. And he was completely right in everything he said. Rachel Lindsay's the worst. She's a total harpy. She's another one of these like race grifters. She totally used all the social justice stuff to like push her career forward. I remember actually on the pod, I broke down this article she did in like, I can't remember which magazine it was. It was like Vulture or like New York Mag or I don't know, like the cut, one of those. And it was like, why I'm leaving The Bachelor. And it was just like all about how like The Bachelor's so racist and she can't be around it anymore. But she was just like such a hypocrite. And there was just like, just putting spin on things, doing a Meghan Markle, can't stand her. And her and all of the other like Bachelor losers that were like gloating when Chris Harrison lost his job. Like you guys would not even be here if it was not for him. And he did nothing wrong. And... He deserves to have a comeback, but he has FU money now. Like, what's the point of getting on your podcast and then, you know, walking the middle of the road and acting like you're sorry? You know you're not sorry. You know you did nothing wrong. A lot of people agree with you. You've got enough money now and you're not, like, you're not employed by ABC or anything at the moment. So, just come out and, like, say what the fucking truth is. Say that it was bullshit that you were cancelled, that you did nothing wrong at all. And go with that. But so whatever, I will not be listening to his podcast if it's going to be that. He should have just done the the anti-woke bachelor podcast, really. not. It doesn't even have to be just like be real. It doesn't have to be like anti-woke. Just like tell it how it is and you have all the insight on the show and you know all the tea on The Bachelor and stuff and just give us like the real fucking deal and don't be PC and you'll get a lot of followers because there's a lot of people that still like The Bachelor that aren't with the, like, cancel culture Karen shit, which is, like, a big chunk of the fandom. The Bachelor fandom is worse than the Housewives fandom. I know that I always, like, dramatically go on about how Housewives fans are the worst. Bachelor fandom is the number one worst when it comes to that stuff. 
Anyway, um, what else is on my to-watch list? That stupid Megan movie about the killer doll. I was excited for that at first, and now it's been so over, like, memeified on social media that it's, like, turning me off. Like, it's turned into, like, such a meme with everyone, like, posting clips of Megan dancing, and, like, all the gays are loving it, and they're, like, yes, queening Megan. And it's, like, making me hate it, but I'm, like, no, don't be, like, some annoying contrarian. Don't just, like, hate it because people are making memes about it on Twitter. Like... Judge the movie on its own merits, but I don't think that it actually looks that good. Like, of course, anything with, like, a killer doll, I'm going to be first in line to go watch it. And I am already getting my tickets to see opening night in Australia, which is on Thursday, so I'll be there with bells on. But, like, I'm just watching it because it's a killer doll movie. I don't actually think it looks that good, but, you know, I could be surprised. I'm definitely going to be watching it open-minded, and then I'll I'll talk about it on here after I've watched it. So, next week or whatever, I'll give you the... uh. The Megan review. Uh, what else? Yeah, just so much to watch. So little time. I am saving time from not watching the news anymore. Like last year, I really cut down on my consumption of the news. And I'm so glad that I did. It was such a waste of time. It's been so healthy not watching it. I haven't missed a thing. I have not missed one fucking thing. And it's like if you watch like The Bold and the Beautiful for a long time and then or days of our lives, whatever, and then you finally, like, break away, and then it's, like, two years later, you watch an episode, and it's, like, everything's still the same. That's, like, the fucking news now. I'm, like, I can't believe I even spent so long of my time listening to all these, like, fucking political podcasts and, like, you know, who's going to win the Senate or, what? like, who gives a fuck? Like, it's just so stupid. Um, It's all fake. I dip in, like, a little bit. I dip in and out a little bit just to, like, keep abreast, like, vaguely, like, just to get enough. But it's, like, I really don't need to know, like, the ins and outs of all of this bullshit. Like, I don't care what AOC is doing. Um, It's just fucking annoying. And I got sucked in for, like, a week or something when they – was it the midterms or whatever? I don't know. Like, I started reading about it again then, and I was just getting annoyed. And I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, I check in with the COVID stuff just more out of my, like – you know, self-vindication. I was right. You know, as more stuff comes out and, like, the Twitter files and all that, I'm into that. But, like, I don't know. Besides that, I just don't care. Um, yeah, the news is so bad, honestly. It's <laughs> so fucking stupid. I read this article the other day in the New York Times. It was a full-on op-ed published in the New York Times just by this, like, one guy about why he stopped listening to the Red Scare podcast. And I'm like, someone, like, fucking paid for this? And he's just like, you know, my Soviet background, I really related to their their critique of American capitalism, but then they spread misinformation about COVID and said they didn't want to get vaccinated, and that's when I knew it was problematic. And then, like, the rest of the article's like, the final straw was when they had... Alex Jones on the podcast. He spreads misinformation. I I couldn't stand by in good conscience and listen to this. It's like, like good for you. Like, someone paid you to write an op-ed about why you don't want to listen to Red Scare anymore. Like, bye. Like, <laughs> bitch, no one's forcing you. And no one cares about the journey you went on of being like, oh, yeah, I think this podcast is kind of cool. Oh, actually, I don't, I'm a libtard. And I don't agree with these things. And so I'm going to listen to something else. Like, bye. Like, how is that a story? Like, why is that being... Why is someone paying for that? Um, I mean, I do agree that, like, some of Anna's takes lately have not been the best, but at least she's, like, genuine. I think she's – it annoys me when, like, say if I, I've been following a politician or whatever, someone I believe in, and then I see them, like, pop up on the news, and I'm like, 
you know, on Fox News or whatever. And I'm like, you have a whole new set of talking points. It's the complete opposite of like the shit you were saying two years ago. And like, I literally know you're doing this for money. Like, that's when I get pissed off. That's another reason I'm not watching the news. Anyone I believed in, like, turned out to be a sellout. So I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm not believing in any of you bitches anymore. But um, if I think someone's coming from like a genuine place, even if I don't agree with them, then it's fine. Like, I don't care. I mean, we know my man, Joe Rogan, he just doesn't always have the best takes, but I know, I just know that he's, you know, being true to himself. So I don't care. He actually got in trouble the other day because he, he quoted some tweet on his show, but it was like a satirical tweet. So they have this thing now on Twitter, like they do it all the time where it started with Titiana McGrath. That was the famous one. And it was just like a parody of like a libtard. And now there's like a thousand of them and they all have like a blue wave and like a Ukraine flag in their bio. And they just tweet about how like they love wearing masks and like they love, I don't know, like Kamala or whatever, just like, you know, typical shit like that. And it's all satirical and they're like obviously satirical, but I always see like conservatards like falling for it, like arguing. And I was like, this, this account is like a parody. And then like Rogan, like put one of the parody tweets, like in the recent episode of his podcast, he's like, can you believe these like liberals? And I'm like, oh my God, dude, like that's not fucking real. But then he at least apologized for it. Like once he got called out on it, he literally like tweeted a thing like, oh my God, guys, I'm sorry. I, you know, posted this, I talked about this tweet on my show and like, it wasn't even real and I fell for it. And like, you know, I'm a dummy, whatever. I won't do it again. I should have like, you know, checked the facts better. I'm like, well, at least he fucking said, sorry. I mean, the fucking misinformation from the other side, do you, do you ever hear them say sorry for their bullshit? Every, every single night on the news, they have some more bullshit. I never see them like retracted. Oh, except for the New York times. You read a New York times article, right? So when a New York times article comes out, check it. When it say it comes out, it's been out now, all right? Check the article. Come back a week later. At the bottom, there'll be about like 50 footnotes of like amendments and like things that they got wrong. It'll be like, we reported that Saddam Hussein drove a tank into Meghan Markle's castle. This was actually incorrect. And like, there'll be like a thousand of those. So whatever. I hate everyone. Um, Okay, let me bring Zach out. Uh, do I need to tell you guys anything else? Yeah, I think that's it. There'll be a new Patreon with all the sort of Bravo reactions probably tomorrow or the day after. Maybe not the day after. I'm probably tomorrow because, you know, I'm watching Megan on Thursday. Um, yeah, uh, make sure you follow me on social media at UnpopularJP on Twitter and Instagram. All the links to myself and to Zach will be in the comments. So just check that if you need a link for anything. Uh, thank you guys and I'll see you all next episode. Bye. Okay, guys, uh, I have one of your faves back on the pod and uh, one of my faves, actually. You all know him. It is Zach Peter from No Filter and now from The Ringer on Spotify. Welcome back. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You're a Spotify girl now. We love listening to you on The Ringer. Yes. Spotify is keeping me booked and busy and I am loving every second of it. 
Yes, despite what the haters say, Zach is booked and busy, but I, uh, I've i got to call you out on a few things. I have a little list of things I'm calling you out on. Okay, uh, me out. Number one is uh, you posted a photo with Sutton. Not just oh. with Sutton, you were inside her goddamn store. So what the <laughs> hell happened with that? Um, so... I, Evan Real, who you know from page six, is a good friend of mine. And he was like, hey, I'm going to this thing in Sutton's store. Do you want to come with me? And I was kind of like, okay, sure. And so I went to, to Sutton's store to, you know, check it out and have some champagne and, you know, have a good catch-up sesh with Evan. And what was this event? Was it just like Housewives fans there or like what was it? I don't really know. Um, it was more of just like a, um, I guess it was like a pregame, like a, a sip and shop sort of event. You know, they come, have drinks and and shop at, at Sutton Concept. And so I went, I was actually going to buy a shirt from that said, let the mouse go, because I actually say that all the time, let the mouse go. And I thought it was cute. And then I didn't. Um, because I How much thought, was the shirt? I didn't even check. Well, I knew that that fucking store would be full of merch now because every it's single housewife—that's oh, I thought too. That's why I was surprised to see that shirt because it, it's all very boutiquey. Um, whereas, like, I know even Meredith Marks has turned her like jewelry shore- store into like more of like a merch store. So I expected a lot of that. I mean, some of the things say Sutton on them, but it's like the Sutton concept logo, like her store logo. Um, Let the Mouse Go was the only thing I saw that was like merch e in the store. Oh, because I wonder who was actually buying like high-end expensive stuff from her store, because I feel like as soon as you're on like the Housewives of Beverly Hills, like... It's it kind of does make your brand seem tacky, you know, like, and it's just going to be tourists in there all the time. And I don't know if the I don't know if the Midwest tourists that's come for their holiday to you know LA to split a can of Coke over at Pump can afford to buy uh, some of the stuff in Sutton's store. I mean, yeah, because if you think about it, if they do have a limited like set budget for the trip, they're going to want to go and do goat cheese balls at Sir and a, a pump teeny at pump and, you know, Tom Tom. And so they're going to be going to all the spa- places that high end luxury items. I don't think, you know, I, I agree. I don't I, think they're spending that I, kind of dough. I bet Sutton does these like sip and see things all the time. So fans come and then it's like, you know, mingle with Sutton and then like buy something. But I bet like everything's out of their budget. So I bet they just come there and get their like selfie with Sutton and go like you did. I said, okay, well, actually, let me clarify that. I did not ask Sutton for a selfie. I was taking a selfie with Evan because I was like, we should probably take a photo and post it on Instagram because, uh, you know, because we were on our way out. But I was like, we should probably take a photo and like tag the store. And like, you know, she was very nice. I will say that. She was a very, very sweet person. I've had her on No Filter in the past, and I liked Sutton back when she was a friend of, and I was very much lobbying for her to get a diamond. And then, you know, obviously I've had my critiques of her and Garcelle, and my really my main critique is that I just think they're overhyped. Like, I think the fans put them on too high of a pedestal. But she's always been a very nice person. And so I was taking a picture with Evan Real, and then she jumped into the photo because she, you know, I mean, and it was a cute, it was cute. Like, I don't, she's a really nice woman. Like, I honestly, do I always love watching her on the show? Not always. Um, do I find Garcelle? She's good on the show. Yeah. She, 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 did, did, so she remembered who you were, I guess. And she she did know who I was. And I was a little nervous because I was like, I know, you know, the ruthless and toothless on Twitter, like love to like say, I do nothing but drag Garcelle and Sutton, which I don't think is true. 
but you know, whatever. And so I was like, Oh God, I was already nervous. And I was like, Evan, where are you? Cause Evan got there before I just like, Evan, where are you? Like, uh, please, I don't want to have to walk into this alone. What if she hates me and like throws me out? And she didn't, she knew my name. She was very sweet. She introduced me to somebody else until like Evan made his way around to come and save me. Cause I hate, oh, well, that's I nice. hate social events. I hate going to mixers. I hate going to press events. I literally hate it with a passion unless I have somebody that goes with me. I totally feel the same because I get invited to stuff like that all the time. And I never used to go, although last time I was in Sydney, I went to a couple of things and I really liked it. So now I'm planning to move to Melbourne in a few months, which is like a city. And I'm already like scoping out the social scene because I've been so isolated in the country. I'm like, you know, let, let's get me out to some of these tacky events and you I'll hang out with to, the like, Australian housewives. Do, yes, you need to do the rounds and you need to do the selfies and the Instagrams and all of the stuff. And clearly... You know, the trolls got me trending on Twitter again because they can't shut up about it because they were like so pressed that I took a photo with Sutton. They're like, oh, now that Lisa Renna's gone from the show, he's jumping ship and now he's going to be, he's going to try to be Team Sutton. Don't let him get her. And I'm just like, fuck off. Like, I, I still, Lisa Renna is still the goat. Okay. Period. End of story. Well, they make up, they make up these crazy kind of like fantasies about they're trying to do this and stuff, but it's like, this didn't happen and you're just jealous that I can like, hang out with these people and you can't like which is basically what it comes down to because it's like not okay not to sound like up ourselves but for us it's like like we interact with housewives like it's not hard for us to meet a housewife or talk to them like it's just like it's what it's not like oh my god i got a message from this housewife it's just sort of like a normal thing whereas for them it's like their whole world so that they see us do it and they freak out they're jealous yeah, and they're too scared to leave their houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, speaking of unpopular housewives like Sutton, by the way, I'm excited to watch Sutton next season. She's good on the show. I can't quit Heather Gay. And I know she's the oh. worst, but I just like. <laughs> I, she blocked I, me. She blocked me. I, I, heard I can't about see her that. stuff anymore. I was so mad. Well, I was I, like, oh. I sent to you, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but I talked about it on my Patreon. Uh, Jamie Stein did a great, like, two-hour deep dive on Heather Gay and, like, why she's the worst. Um, It was just, like, it was literally, like, going, like, the nitty-gritty minutia of Heather Gay of, like, how she makes herself a victim and how she does this, like, fake self-deprecating humour and, like, how she manipulates people and how it's, like, all an act and she is so charming and she, like, you know, and he, like, nailed it. But I still love her. I don't know. There's something about her and just ever since the first season, and I don't even watch Salt Lake anymore, uh, and I don't know what it, I don't know. I just want to be her. I feel like I'd be her friend in real life, even with all the bad stuff that I know. I'm like, I want her to be like my girl. The hard part is it's like th- you have to detach from the show and like the real people, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're just, they're real people that are actually enjoyable to hang out with. I'm sure Heather Gay really is a good time and she'll flash you her tits and she'll be fun. She brings the F you I'm sure she does. That doesn't mean she's a great reality star because she's also like just, I actually didn't think she was that smart. I thought she was a little a little dense and then clearly she's a lot more manipulative and calculating as we're seeing now on this season and the fans are like really turning on her but i mean come on the way she rides for jen shaw is disgusting that well that was always the hard thing for me because i'm the og jen shaw hater that's actually another thing i have to call you out on not really but i just need to take credit for being ground zero of like hating jen shaw i feel like i hated jen shaw before everyone wait 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 and one Something you did, season two, okay, I remember, you 
message me. And this was when Jen Shah was at the height of her victim tour and I'm innocent. This was before we got a lot of the documents that really had the receipts. And you were like, um, you were like, I don't know, maybe she she is. Like she's and you were like, I know she's the worst, but like she's really like putting it on with these crocodile tears. And you were like, had a bit of a moment. And I was like, Zach, she's well, a fucking manipulative psycho. I had a bit of a moment because I was friends with somebody that was friends with her and was interviewing her. And so was telling me like, she's a really good person. And so I'm like, okay, maybe there's something that I'm not seeing here. And I did take my, my, my thinking cap off for a minute. And I trusted somebody that was a friend of mine that was talking to her and like, you know, close with her. So I was like, okay, maybe there's a piece of this story that I'm not getting. I'm willing to give a benefit of the doubt. Well, that's why Jen Shah is so good at what she does. Like, no shade to to um, Up and Adam. She was on Up and Adam's show, but it's kind of like she chose the interview strategically that she knew would make her come off the best. And then she's able to kind of, like, manipulate somebody like Adam. And then Adam goes and talks to you. And, like, but this is her MO of, yeah. like, what she we, does and, to everybody. And I think we had that conversation about how she like DM'd a lot of different fan accounts and like, and that, they would get excited because they don't often hear from housewives. And that's a strategy that housewives will do is it's different to message like you and I, but they'll, they'll message like the lower, you know, like the average Joe and then average Joe is just like, Oh my God, Jen Shaw, I watch you on the show and I love you so much. And so that's like a manipulative tactic that they do to try to win people over. Yeah. And then it gets her all the positive tweets and stuff like, you know, um, she is just the fucking worst. And I really wanted to have you on here to talk about Jen Shah because um, as people know, I've moved a lot of my Housewives content over to Patreon now to keep the trolls out, just to talk, you know, there with my fans. But I'm like, I've got to have Zach on for the Jen Shah sentencing because I've been, you know, up her fucking ass since day one of hating this woman. And now the receipts are out and she's going to jail. And we love it. Um, no one called her out on the show, by the way, which is crazy. I stopped watching it, but I think, like, didn't one of the, the cousin or one of the friends or something called her out? But, like, that, that that's about it. Dana Banana, yeah, the new girl. she, The one with the gray hair, which I hate the gray. I actually like Dana Banana. I don't like the gray hair, and I, I literally can't. I love her gray hair. I think it's I, a vibe. I mean, it's a vibe, but it's not a vibe I want to see my housewives rocking. Like, I want my housewives to be, like, a little relatable, but not, like, that relatable. <laughs> I like it. I think it's cool, but, like... Like, you we know have a standard for housewives now. You need to look plastic. You need to get horse teeth by your third season, and you need to have filler, injections, full glam, everything. I bet you anything... That's like if, the in a in a magic fairy tale world, let's say Salt Lake City comes back for three more seasons, I would guarantee at least by that point she will start to dye her hair. <laughs> Maybe, but she might even lean into it more because then it's her now it's like her signature. But no, it's Margaret you know, pigtails. Yeah, yeah, she fucking dropped that quick. Um which is so because they were so contrived, those damn pigtails. Anyway, I like Margaret, so I'm not here to shade shade my girl Margaret, who I've become like a weird super fan of actually over the last sort of season or two. But you know who would have fucking called out Jen Shah? Mary. I hate to say it, guys, but Jenny Newen. If oh, Jenny Newen yeah. was still around, she wouldn't have taken her foot off Jen Shah's neck. So she I feel really, like I always somehow. She didn't really bring it with Jen the first time around. Mary brought it. Mary, I love the cherry blossom lunch where Mary, or yeah, where Mary's there. They're all at the dinner. 
or at the at the lunch and Mary's talking to Jen and she's like, so what? The the feds just randomly picked you and Stuart. They just pulled your name out of a hat. And Jen's like, I don't know any of these people. And so she's like, so you really think that you're being framed? And she's like, I have no idea who any of these people are or what any of this situation is. And and Mary's just like, really, Jen? Like, really? And she's like, yes, really. And she was the only one. And then in her confessional, she's like, do I hope that she's innocent? Yeah. Do I think that she's innocent? No. It's Homeland Security. It's the feds. It's the state of New York. Like, they don't play around. And Mary, Mary and Jenny... Mary and Jenny Nguyen would have come for her, because I think towards the end, like, when the charges and stuff, I think Jenny Nguyen was kind of... I mean, look, Jenny Jenny Nguyen loves the law and order, so she would have wanted Jen Shah to go away for a long time. Um, okay, how long... Just for people that don't know, can you explain... How long did Jen get? Like, spell it out. Um, does she have probation? Does she have house arrest, restitution? What's Give us the whole thing. Yes. So, originally, she was being charged with conspiracy to commit money laundering and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. She was facing 50 years in prison. Then she took a plea deal last summer to drop the money laundering charge. And so she was only moving forward with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. And her plea deal maxed her out at about 14 years prison time. She was requesting three years because she's like, I'm such a good person. I'm amazing. I love all the gays and I help all the gays and I help all the marginalized communities and I help all the underprivileged and I help all my aunties and I help all my family and all the homeless and the toothless. I help everybody. And so she was like, I deserve three years because I'm a pillar of society. And then the government was like, not really. You're like sleeping with married men and like going to their houses and like trying to throw down with them. And here's a police report and here's the restraining order and here's a 300 packet page of evidence that we have against you and so she's like okay yeah jk i'm i'm guilty and i committed wire fraud conspiracy to commit wire fraud so now her sentencing happened and the government wanted her to get 10 years the judge fell somewhere in the middle and so she's been sentenced to six and a half years in prison with five years supervised release which is basically like a probation it's not parole but it's five years that has to take place after she serves her prison time so you can get a slight reduction in prison time for like good behavior but like it let's be honest she does she's not gonna have any good behavior like she's not getting out early the the least amount of time she'll probably end up doing is maybe like five years but she's still gonna do some serious time and she'll have her supervised release after that which is basically a strict probation period where she will have like a parole officer that she'll have to report to and she'll have to you know continue to be the pillar of society that she claims that she is and then in terms of restitution so there's already been i believe 6.4 million in assets that have been seized by the government uh that has been uh, that will go towards the restitution and then she has an additional 6.6 million that's still owed now do we think that she will actually have to pay this back because I don't know how it works, but I mean, I feel like sometimes when you get fined for things, you can just tell them to like garnish the minimum amount and then it's like it doesn't really get paid back. So it's like technically you owe it, but it's like they're just going to skim some off your wages and it's like not really that big of a thing. That's exactly what it is. Um, I mean, well, first of all, she can afford this. Like Coach Shaw, they outed in court, makes $600,000 a year. And then she has her housewife's money. Like she's going to, like she's, they're fine. They're actually, they didn't need to be stealing from grandmas because they were actually making decent money. They were just terrible people that were deliberately praying for more money 
money to buy more fake Chanel handbags. So wait, and yes, just side note, we do know that basically what's come out, like you can make an educated guess, guess Coach Sharp pretty much knew. Like he sort of was advising them and stuff. Yeah, there were text I mean, messages. Stuff in there. Yeah, there's text messages where she acknowledges that um, Coach Shaw was advising that she was Stuart Smith was uh, had a deposition that he had to appear for back in 2018. And so they have those text messages where she's coaching Stuart to basically lie to the FTC. And we know he lied to the FTC because he's now come out and said, yes, I perjured myself to the FTC in 2018. And here are the text messages where Jen Shaw was telling me what to say. And if I didn't know what questions, if I didn't know the right answer to a certain question, Coach Shaw was coming in and giving me the correct answer so that I wouldn't, imp- uh, I wouldn't end up in prison. And here we are. Surprise. He didn't give great advice. So, Yes, now there's the six million in restitution, but it, the they're not going to seize any of her wages. Like you said, there will be a percentage that she can agree to, and it can be as little as like a hundred dollars a month. And she'll say, "I will pay a hundred dollars a month for the rest of my life, and I will, you know, continue to make this right." So she can literally just be throwing a hundred dollars a month into a pot and say she's paying back her restitution. I think it's pretty disappointing because I think we wanted her to get more time. Like, I don't think this is harsh enough for what she did. Like, you have to remember that these text messages and stuff that came out, she was laughing about the victims. Like, yeah, she's, she, like, is, she's like, do we have to refund this this dumb lady or is she done crying yet? And then she's like instructing her team to go and like flirt with these old ladies so that they'll continue to max out their credit cards. And then they would get on the phone with their credit card companies and, and try to up the credit limits. Like it was insane. And she was like, I'm innocent. I have no clue. And then they have all the text messages and all the emails and Becky white on telegram. And like, she is delusional. And the fact that she was able to like pull one over my eyes for like a hot second and thinking maybe there isn't, you know, maybe they are framing her because she's a good woman. It's just like, we know she was the ringleader. We know that she was the mastermind. We know that she was intentionally hiding the crimes. And when things were getting hot, she would go, let's move it over here. And we know she was laughing about the victims. There was one text message where she was talking to her, one of her telemarketing consultant people. And she's like, ha ha, you know, the lady's practically falling in love with you or something. Talking about one of the yeah. poor old ladies that they had yeah, manipulated. Like, Make sure you keep them in love with you for the next six weeks because then they can't fight the charge back on their credit card and, and call it fraud. It's so fucking sickening. And like the judge said, um, I read this, he didn't take into account her sort of Salt Lake City housewives persona. He said, you know, that's a character. I totally disagree with that because um you know normally i would say yeah like reality tv is fake and stuff but if you take into account the whole big picture of everything how she behaved on the show how like you know completely unhinged she was um the lying about being innocent how manipulative she was always playing a victim always bringing race into everything because she would do that if she ever had a fight on the show oh it's because i'm the brown girl when she gets when the fucking Homeland Security comes after her. Oh, it's because I'm brown. Oh, they went after my black children. Like, she would always bring out the race card to deflect and, like, victimize herself. She was selling the free Gen Yeah, she brought it up again at the end where she's like, I apologize to my father who's deceased, and I apologize to my boys that had to have guns pointed at them in their bedroom when the feds came and, you know, were looking for me. I was like, come on. She, I mean, crashing BravoCon, all of it. She showed she had no remorse at all. She even put it in her tagline of the only thing I'm guilty of is being Charmazing. So it's like- It's insane. 
she demonstrated through all the judge, like she should have got the max sentence for if you want to charge her, I mean, if you want to give her the 6.5 years, which she, I don't think she'll serve the six and a half. I think she'll do less. If you want to give her that for the actual crimes, okay. But then it should have been like the fucking full 10 or whatever, taking into account her behavior. Cause she showed it wasn't even like, it went beyond a lack of remorse. It wasn't just a lack of remorse. It was like a glee in like, you know, she, she went relished out to dinner afterwards. She hosted a 20 person dinner in Midtown in New York at a fancy Italian restaurant. I'm just like, what? It's so like she really just she showed up to court in cheetah print rocking her Gucci purse. I'm just like, where is her like sense of understanding of like or just like any sense of humility like her crocodile tears really are crocodile tears when we see them because it's like she put one of her her bank accounts because she wanted to make sure the bank accounts weren't directly linked to her because the ftc was breathing down her neck she put one of the bank accounts in her aunt's name i think the aunt with no legs because who's going to assume that that aunt would be doing anything shady? It's insane to me how crazy this woman was. And she manipulated her own mother to pay for her, unless the mother was, which, hey, that could be. I mean, the mother yeah, could at this been, point I wouldn't kidding. be surprised if the mom was in on it too. Neither would I, because I think this was a family criminal business and I think they all had things. But, you know, I mean, I also think that um, they they kept – Coach Shah out of it specifically because they knew that there was a chance they could get arrested and they probably felt like, well, Jen Shah will do less time because she's a woman and they need to have one parent there. I mean, I think it was like very, very thought, you know, well thought out. Um, God, what else? There was so, there was so much like stuff that she did. I'm trying to even remember it all. Well, the point that you were making was about the show and how the judge said that we can't pull her character on the show into court because they want to remember, like, this is a real person, not not the person we saw on television. But my understanding of his comments about the reality show were more, I don't think he even really understood what Real Housewives of Salt Lake City actually is because he's like, that's all acting, that's all fake, whatever, whatever. Which I guess is part of the argument her team was trying to make was that the show is scripted and that the show is not real and that's not her real behavior and it's entertainment. So I get, so I think the judge was a little thrown off into believing that like she was playing a character rather than just being her terrible, awful self the the attorney or whatever the defense attorney um that was defending jen i actually got so mad reading the stuff she was saying and i like felt like i didn't want to turn into one of these you know like erica girardi like fucking couch potato like you know twitter people like ranting about and getting outraged by it like i didn't want to turn into that but like listening to her defense when she was bringing up about, oh, my God, Jen Shah came from nothing and she looks up to her Tongan elders and she's, you know, a proud part of the Tongan community and people, you know, like just fucking the, the world's smallest violin, just like all of this crap in there, constantly victimizing herself. And then when she was going, um, you know, when Jen Shah read the victim impact statements, she was so upset and she remembers every single one of their names and she prays for them and stuff. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. Like, we've, if you look at all of her behavior, like we just mentioned with the free Jen Shah t-shirts and the laughing at the victims, like she, she knew they were victims. She acknowledged them well. one time. She has not given any acknowledgement to any of the victims at all, ever, period. 
the biggest victim in all of this, she thinks, is herself and her family. And she keeps saying in every statement that she makes publicly that her family is her top priority. She's never once publicly acknowledged the victims. She's never once said any of their names. And she's like, well, I can't say them because of privacy laws. Since when is following the law a priority for you? Well, we could be getting more information, right? Because wasn't there a bunch of info that was like redacted or something and they want to in her her 55 page brief where she was talking about how great of a person she was uh, she redacted a lot like pages and paragraphs of just redactions which are essentially pieces that are blocked out that can't be revealed to the public so inner city press who was there covering the case live they're fighting to have those redactions removed and the judge seems to be on their side and the judge was like yeah unless they can justify why all of these things need to be redacted, then we need to start removing some of these redactions. And like, I get it. If it's somebody's, you know, private um, address or whatever, like that's one thing. Okay, let's redact that. Or if there really is somebody that's, you know, a minor, then sure, black out their name. But like all of these things did not need to be blocked out. Yeah, I hope we we find out more. And I just feel like there should be there should be a bigger outrage over Jen for the way that she played the race card. Because if you think of everything that's gone yeah. over the on the last few years Very and the sensitivity and yeah, it is. And the talk of like, you know, criminal justice reform and we're looking now at like, you know, look at all these, you know, these poor people that go to jail for, you know, years or decades, these low level fucking marijuana crimes and stuff. And then you just have her out here like playing the race card and trying to use that to deflect and use that movement to knowingly like manipulate people into thinking she's innocent and get out of this. It's like sick, but like, there's not that much outrage. Like people are glad to see her go. I don't think there's many fans left, but it's still, I mean, it's still like a fraction of the Erica outrage, which still goes on now, you know? And the part that's also just kind of unsettling is like, Everyone's like, oh, I just feel bad for her family. I feel bad for her kids. And I'm like, yes, I have empathy for her kids, but I'm one, her kids are grown, okay? Like, her kids are not exactly. young kids. They're grown adults. Her youngest is going off to college. Her oldest is in medical school right now. And listen, I would never want to lose my mother, even as an adult, to go into prison. But it's like, they're grown. They can go and visit her in prison. And they're also old enough to understand that, like, my mother broke the law and that's not okay. And the lifestyle that I profited off of and that I benefited from was based off of the crimes and my mother taking advantage of vulnerable people. They're old enough to understand that. They're not six and seven years old. They're grown boys. And like, yes, I do feel bad because they're losing their mother, but let's be clear. And the government was very clear. They're like, both of her sons are old enough. They're fine. Her husband is in great health and he makes $600,000 a year. They're fine. Like the family's not going to miss her. And if they do, they can drive down to Bryan, Texas and go give her a visit. <laughs> exactly. No, I totally feel the same with that. Um, the whole like pity party for her family. It's like she put them there. Like she chose she to do this. There. And they were already, again, Coach Shaw was already on good money. And she just because I think she has some of the Literally at to the me. Rose Bowl on Monday, the Monday, like days before her sentencing, she's posting selfies and people are like, oh, well, she's allowed to visit and support her husband. Yeah, she's allowed to visit and support her husband. But like, don't post selfies and be full glam and all of that sort of stuff. You know, Erica would be like, I drove by the Girardi estate just to look at my old life. And people are like, oh my God, she's the worst. How could you go back to the scene of the crime? You want to go to the house that's built on blood money? 
I'm just like, oh my God, like Jen Shaw is the worst of the worst. And she is getting not even a fraction of the hate Erica Girardi's getting. And Erica still has not been charged with anything. And you know what's sad though? And this is a reality. I think that Jen Shaw is going to be running that damn prison because she oh, yeah. just has that, she has that knack. She has that charisma. She, and she's also like, she'll throw down too, you know, like, so she's not going to be I'm hoping she throws down in prison so that she doesn't get out on good behavior. (laughs) Again, the, the, if she gets good behavior, the, she'll end up doing like five years, but like, I don't, I don't see her having good behavior in prison. I think, I think she will be running the damn prison yard. Honestly, I think she'll be the fucking queen bee there, but I could also see her losing her temper. If like another one of the, like, you know, the, the prison head honcho of the, of the prison population comes up and steps to her, I could see things going left. And you know, they're going to poke at her, you know, they're going to want her to yeah. stay longer. So they're going to bait her and she's going to react because she's too impulsive. I hope so. Let's hope she's fucking throwing hands and, you know, let's hope they extend her sentence. And you know what? Let's hope to God that Salt Lake City has been cancelled. My actual prediction, this is what I think is going to happen. Say she gets out in the five and she has good behaviour. So I think that Salt Lake City will be cancelled like Dallas was. I'll probably do another season then maybe get cancelled. And then I think when Jen Char gets out of prison, I think they'll bring it back with Jen Char. <laughs> That's my. I don't think prediction. Housewives will be around then. I think Eight it will be because, now. yeah, I think it will be. I think it's 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 such it's everywhere. Like I feel like it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger, but in a bad way. Like the the quality is getting worse, but I think it's getting bigger with streaming and more people having access to it. Like I know here in Australia, I was always like a sort of an OG Housewives fan. But it wasn't until like a few years ago when we had the Hey You streaming service open up here and that had like Kardashians and Housewives and stuff on it that it started getting bigger. And then I noticed with the pandemic, because people had a lot of time to binge, a lot of people went in and binged the shows. And then a lot of people have started watching through like Dubai, through Salt Lake City, like the new ones, because they feel like, oh, I can like get into the franchise now. And that's like the entry point. Like I saw here in Australia even though Dubai was like this sort of kind of considered a flop in America and stuff, it had the most watched um, shows on Hey You here in Australia. Number one was Below Deck Down Under. Number two was The Housewives of Dubai. Even You know, so these That's new ones are, yeah, I know. It's just like, it, is this the future we have with this hideous show? Um, yeah. Does Jen Shah have any, any fans left? Are you still seeing people yeah. defending her? Or, oh, yeah. Or you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they love it. They love that she was glammed up going into court. They're like, yes, mother, and she will always be our queen. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, I'm waiting for her next YouTube exclusive to tell us the truth. <laughs> I try not to tweet about the housewives anymore, like, just because I've I've been trying to remove myself from the fandom. Well, that's one reason I, I paywalled the shit. And it's been really good because now I just have my people that, like, want to hear from me. And they have to pay for the Patreon, five bucks a month. And then it's all good and I'm not being trolled and there's just not these annoying losers. And I've tried to, like, step away from things. And then when Rina got fired, I did shoot off a few tweets just kind of impulsively, like, when it happened. And I actually didn't care that much. Like, of course, I'm sad to see her go. I love Lisa Rinna and, like, I was shocked when it happened. But then I'm like, whatever, I get it. She's been on for eight seasons. She's a huge character. If they want to 
change up the storylines. Like that's kind of what you have. You've got to take out the big person sometimes if you want to shake things up. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it completely backfires, you know, but it's like, I get it. But I tweeted something about like, you know, enjoy being bored. And then I already had like snarky housewives accounts, like responding to me, you know, like, oh, we wanted to see how you'd react to this and gloating. And I'm just like, you guys, like, you need to get a fucking hobby outside of this show. Like, not everyone's life. Re- I mean, are you getting trolled over Rinna's exit? I feel like you will be. I get trolled over everything. Like, lit- there's literally not one thing that I can do. Like, even the Sutton photo to me felt so innocuous. Like, it's a nice photo. It's their queen. And still, they were like comings in droves and i was just like what the fuck and then once once they get fired up about you on the internet then everybody else has a story right so then this one bitch is like i posted his his video on my page and he didn't even say thank you and i'm like first of all who the fuck are you number one (laughs) and number two i went to go look and i was like that's not even my video that's a a screen grab of an instagram live i did last week that somebody else posted and you reposted their video and you want me to say thank you for somebody that screen grabbed my my video like what do you like people are so stupid but like everybody wants to jump in on the fight and they all have a story and they all have something to say and i'm just like oh my god no wonder none of you have profile pictures you're all ugly (laughs) <laughs> I know, but you you do fuel it, and which is I funny because like do. I see because at this point I just have fun with it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they're never gonna go away. They're always gonna be here, and they just keep. If anything, they keep me relevant, and they keep the numbers. Yeah, it popping. boosts the engagement. That's the yeah. thing, which is funny. It's like your engagement is like through the roof, and it's like, yeah, guys, like when he's like Zach's baiting you and stuff. Like you're just literally just promoting him. Like I used to do that too. Like during Beverly Hills, especially. Like I would do it, and then. I, yeah, I've like tried to step away. I mean, even now actually having you on, I'm nervous because I mean, I had to have you on because I'm like, we, I need to talk about this, like see this Jen Shah thing through. But then I'm also like, oh God, now these losers that I've been trying to like eradicate from my life are going to come like crawling back like fucking roaches. I would always get annoyed, right? Because I would, wouldn't mind arguing with them in the moment of being, you know, like whatever. We're arguing about what Kyle said to Rinna this week on the show, whatever bullshit, right? I mean, and we have a little back and forth. And then I get off of Twitter and I'm going and doing other things. And then it's like three days later and I'm still getting quote replies about it. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to keep talking about this. Like I'm interested in other things, but it's like, you just have for to these people, like, there's not. There's no other interests. Like, so it's just like, I didn't like, no. so I just was like, you know, I've got to like step back because you can't have your cake and eat it too, because I would want to like turn it off and you can't turn it off. Like once you're involved in it, it's, it, it's just a never ending I mean, thing. Like can, I see them You coming can turn it off. Like I've gotten to the point, I mean, right now it happens, like the engagement is just so much noise that it's like, it's easy to kind of tune it out. Cause I'm like, if I go in, it's a tornado. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't take it that seriously. So when I'm clapping back at them or whatever, or I'm calling them, you know, toothless or whatever it is, like, to me, it's not that serious and it's not that deep. And like, you know, I, I can tune in and out. I just feel bad. Like I had to like text Evan and be like, I'm sorry that you're dragged into this mess with Sutton right now. I'm so sorry. And he can't be, Evan's the sweetest guy. And he's just like, he can't be bothered by it. But I'm just like, I'm like, I feel bad for other people that get caught, like dragged into my chaos. Um, But listen, 
it keeps me in the top 10. It keeps me, you know, bringing the numbers and boosting the engagement. And listen, at the end of the day, they're paying my bills. So I don't mind going to bat for five minutes with them and giving them a little attention because they're going to listen to the podcast and drive up that ad revenue. So I'm yeah, somebody money. said, I saw someone tweet you the other, no, just earlier, and they were like, no wonder his viewership's gone down. I'm like, his viewership's actually, like, way up. Like, it's actually been, like, climbing. <laughs> like, yeah, you're doing really well. Month over month, it continues to climb the charts. I mean, listen, No Filter stays in the top 100 in multiple countries. Like, it's just... You know, they can say what they want to say about me, but at the end of the day, they're still talking about me. And again, they're paying my bills because it drives ad revenue, it drives wine sales. I love when they drag the wine because then they drag the wine and then everybody starts talking shit on the wine and then the wine finds people and then sales boost. So at this point, I lean into the chaos. I learned from Teddy Mellencamp because Teddy started to fuel the the flames as well on Twitter. And I was like, okay, if Teddy can do this and she has a top podcast, then I can spend five minutes, you know, with, with the needy and give them a little attention on Twitter. Yeah, you know what's funny with um, how I said that I w- have sort of like paywalled now on Patreon my my housewives recaps and stuff. And when I did that and started talking about it less, my negative reviews that I was getting on my podcast pretty much evaporated because I and I knew it. I knew they were all fucking housewives fans that would just yeah. do it because they would get triggered over and they would like. And there was I did get one for the first time in a while because I was just getting like really good reviews and because I've been you know been covering White Lotus and I've been doing other things. My episode that I did the other day. I had Jess on and we talked about the Rolling Stone greatest singers list, which was like ridiculous. And we reviewed the Whitney Houston movie. So I get all positive reviews from that. And then I got this one review that was like one star and it was like, he's just the worst. And I was like, I bet this is a Housewives fan. And I Googled the name. And then I saw that like about the same day that they left the one star review on me, they left one, I think on you, they left one on Jess, they left one on Ryan Bailey, they left one on the Christian G Snow. And it's like, these people, these well, Housewives fans, they all they listen to is Housewives podcasts. They listen to about 30 Housewives podcasts no, and they just get angry. That's, and That's a podcaster that does that. That's a podcaster. Oh, do you think so? No, I know so. This has been, this is nothing new. It They do this often because they want to make sure that their podcast stays in the top. So they go and they troll everybody. I've heard this rumor too. Um, Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about, but I will say there are a lot of them. They do have, there are these weird fans that I know that like they do that too because they're obsessed. Like there was one that tweeted you. He used to troll me. I I can't remember what he said to you. He was like, you're receding hairline and you're like fake tan and all of this shit. And I saw him like attacking you. And I think you like quote tweeted it. I saw his profile. I'm like, oh my God, he used to troll me all the time until I blocked him. And he like started out as a fan. Oh, yes. I know who you're talking about. Yes, he started out as like a, and he would like leave nice comments. And then he started getting like, he just started getting really obsessed with like the housewives. And he was trying to like, he was always trying to catch me out on like weird contradictions of like things I couldn't even remember. He'd be like, well, on this episode, you said Rinna. And then you said that about Garcelle. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I record the thing and then I go and I have like a life and do other stuff. Like, I'm not yeah. thinking about this 24. 20- and he started getting like, it was like obsessive and like fucking weird. And I'm like, I have to like, block you yeah, this is getting the ones like every have, day yeah. you have to mute them i mean they come listen i i've learned to just not let them phase me um if i clap back at them it's because i'm bored or you know i it's 
I had a drink and I just wanted to have fun and just like, you know, play with them, give them a little attention. But I mean, I, yeah, to me, I, I don't let it phase me. I, I've lost the desire to, I mean, again, I look at like Teddy's podcast, it's the top podcast and she, they have like a 3.4 rating. So like, to me, the ratings don't even matter anymore. None of that to me even like phases me because I'm like, the numbers are on my side. Like the numbers can show that I'm doing something right. And if I'm pissing people off at this level, then that shows that I'm doing my job correctly. I don't seek to be loved, you know, and I don't seek to only get positive engagement. I seek to be honest and be who I am. And I understand that that's going to trigger some people and that's going to come with negative reactions. And I've just come to accept that. And, you know, the best thing you can do is just like know who you are and like not care. Like I said, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I just find it annoying, you know, like, cause I, I was just feeling like suffocated by housewives yeah. constantly like i have to watch the show and then i have to get these analysis of it from you guys and i have to talk about it all weekend and then i have to and it was just like enough fucking housewives but it's like once you can like not care about being called you know a racist or whatever um yeah, there's nothing and you just do your, me, yeah they, uh, call yeah. me racist all day long like whatever like i know i'm not and i know who i am at the end of the day and i know that you're just throwing a, te- a cheap shot because you're trying to act cute it, to me it's even more funny when other people would jump and they'll be like, oh, you ate him up. And I'm like, <laughs> what did they say that ate? Like, I'm, I'm doing good. I have no teeth marks on me. Like, where did they eat me up? And I'm getting, that's what I always think too. Cause I'm always like, I'm like, well, at least I'm fucking making money talking about it. Like you're doing yeah, this for free. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, they all have, you know, they hate their lives and that's what they spend every day on Twitter, you know, having to spit out nastiness towards people. I at least make a paycheck and I'm at least glad that I have like the ringer now because they keep me busy and I have no time for social media really because I have to like, you know, watch other shows that are not housewives and recap all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, just kind of. Oh, you've been doing the Kardashians, haven't you? I did the Kardashians. Right now I'm doing Real Houses of Miami, The Circle, and then The Traders. Oh, wow. Okay. How's The Circle? I've never watched it. The Circle's good. Um, I I, wa- I liked it in show. the earlier seasons, and so I was excited to come to pick back up in season five. It's good. I like competition shows. I just don't always make time for them because I was always focused on Housewives stuff. But like even now with No Filter, like I'm mixing the content up so it's not solely Housewives. Like it's Housewives scandal. So like the Girardi scandal, the Jen Shaw yeah. scandal, um, the Chris Lee scandal. So it's become more about like those big legal scandals. Handles. And then, like, the the royal stuff is something that I'm focused on a lot more now with, like, Meghan and Harry. So, you know, I've mixed up the content, so it's not super Housewives-specific. It's like you said, the ha- a lot of the Housewives fans are very dense, and they just don't, you know... The Meghan Markle fans are dense too. Because yeah, they're also. Awesome. I'm learning that too. I've, they are way worse than the Housewives fans. My God, they are just insane. I was arguing, actually, well, I was arguing with one in your comments section, but really it was to defend you because they, I can't remember what it was specifically, but they said that you got something wrong or you were lying or whatever. So I was actually m- more just, I don't really argue with the, the Mega Markle fans usually, but I jumped in to defend you. And um, no, I, have I was just giving them not to do that. I have friends that like will go in there and then they fight with people. I'm like, if I don't fight with them, don't fight with them. Like, it's not like they're not hurting my feelings. They're not ruining my reputation. They're not harming my credibility. Well, I was just giving her the facts of like what it was. And then she turned off her. So I couldn't keep commenting. So I was giving her the receipts on Meghan Markle. It's like, oh my God, come on. You know, it's, it's frustrating. Um, 
when you criticize Meghan Markle, then people automatically, because this was happening to you, they start like gaslighting you and they throw you into that basket of those, those like crazy, like, you know, cat mom Meghan Markle haters, which I agree that she has a segment of haters that are like way too invested in hating on her and it's crazy. And they're just yeah. like on YouTube all day. Like they're obsessed with her. They're, uh, it's like an unhinged level. Like I agree that that exists, but it's like there's also people that are just criticizing her just with the facts of like, oh, look, she lied about this or this doesn't add up or whatever. And then the her fans automatically throw you in the crazy biased category yeah. and you're like, I'm just fact-checking her. Like, I'm only talking about this because she won't shut the fuck up. Like if you want to <laughs> keep writing books and doing interviews and doing a six-hour Netflix documentary, I wouldn't give a shit. I thought she was a pretty woman that dressed nicely and she got lucky because she married into the royal family. She married into royalty okay like let's not act like she's hurting all that much so i mean yes people are mean on social media but i'm just like people are mean on social media all the time like twitter is a cesspool the national Enquirer, oh they said a couple of mean things about you like come on like in perspective you have so much more influence you have so much more money you have so much more social status like and you're gonna sit here and cry about what the national Enquirer didn't like your, your dress. Like, come on. Well, I really feel like the, definitely the American fans have really been misled on her because they're brought into this campaign that like she came on the scene and then everyone immediately trolled her and was racist to her and all this stuff. And it's like, no, she actually was like the most beloved like celebrity in the world for a while. People just could not get enough of her. People were obsessed with her that media was largely very, like, actually overwhelmingly positive to her where right. it was, like, kind of weird. And, um, yes, then she did, she ended up getting criticism at some because it started to change because people started to see more of her real colours and stories started to come out and stuff. And then people act like that's so unfair. They don't know that, like, Kate was, Kate got it hard in the media for a long time. Like, I, Royal Royal News is very big in Australia because, like, we're so close to the UK and stuff and, like, it's royal stuff is so big over here. And um, I remember like back in the day, they used to always run this photo of uh, Kate Middleton in this like see-through dress where she was, she was on this runway and they were saying that she was like trying to get William's attention and that, that she was, there was this plot from her because her mum wanted Kate to yeah, get into the royal true. family. Yeah. And that went for years. And then it was like Kate slowly over time, just from like doing her royal duties and like shutting the fuck up and just getting the job done. The public opinion turned around. Everyone thought, oh, she's quite lovely. And she's like a good representation and stuff. Like Megan, on the other hand, there was like so the many things of her defying the royal protocol and stuff. And what Megan is so skilled at, and this is how she, she gets people is that, she doesn't usually just outright lie off nothing. She takes something that's a kernel of truth. Kernel, so there's yeah. a bit of truth there. And then she twists it and exaggerates it into something completely different that looks favorable to her. But then it's like when she gets busted for it, she has enough wiggle room to kind of like for people to justify, well, you know, it was like the um, her fake when she lied about saying, well, me and Harry were already married before we got married yeah. in front of the world. And then- it was like it turned out that was impossible, but then her fans go, well, she did meet with an archbishop, but the archbishop never said I married them. He just said that right. we met. But she puts it out there in a way like and the the fire with baby Archie is a really good example because she gives vague details of it. So you're led to believe that 
baby Archie was in a, a burning nursery and almost died and then, you know, they ba- barely escaped with his life and then she was forced to go on this royal tour and put on a smile even though her child had almost died. And and then you find out the real story and it was just like something happened with like a radiator and it was like a different room and it wasn't like that big of a thing. But it's like technically she didn't lie. There was a fire, but she gives you a, the details in a way where she wants to manipulate you and mislead you into like, thinking of it and that's why she's so skilled like have you found that yes it, it, and she's good at that right you give a kernel of truth that way you can kind of you know get people to at least subscribe to whatever version of the truth you're going to try to wiggle it into later and you know but the thing to me because at first i listen i didn't care that much about her like i thought again she was a lovely woman and congrats for marrying the prince and you guys seem in love and whatever the more that she kept talking about things, the more I started to look into things. And then the funny thing is, is once she gets to a point where she can't wiggle out of it anymore, she just completely omits it. So like in this documentary, there are so many things. I'm like, wait a minute, that is not what you said in the Oprah interview. And like, and you, and you totally left that out. And now here we are at the book and all of a sudden all these new bombshells are coming out about William fighting him to the ground because William was calling Kate rude or, you know, difficult. And I'm like, well, why wasn't that in the Oprah ex- like why did we wait for yeah. the tell-all book well we waited because this was the fucking plan of like we're going to pass out the information and go well this is going to be the Oprah and then we're going to save this for the documentary and then you're going to save that for the book because like the elephant in the room is that they're making hundreds of millions of dollars which people don't when the fans are like defending them they don't kind of like take that into account that there's no. like, a huge monetary gain for this a lot like a hundred million from Netflix, twenty million from Spotify. We don't know what how much the book was, but I mean, it, it I came think he got the. I think the book was a thirty-five million pound. I can't, I'm not sure what that is converted. I have to check it, but it was a multi-book deal. But yeah, there's more. Like oh, it, all up, they're making. I don't know, up like somewhere close to two hundred million from doing all of these these tell-alls and stuff. And um, yeah, she they are starting to contradict some of their stuff too because like. My friend was messaging me about the um, the thing of Kate making her cry because, remember, it came out in the papers originally that she made Kate cry. Then she said to Oprah, no, it was the opposite. She made me cry. But then with the Prince Harry saying that Meghan said to Kate, oh, you've got baby brain, and then that upset Kate and made her cry. So it's like, okay, so yeah. you did make Kate cry or you don't? Like, <laughs> like which is right. a bitch? Like, okay. it's just – it's. Constant. Oh, there's one. There's one I want to point out. Right. So I didn't watch the Netflix documentary because, oh, you know, I've said on here, I I reviewed the Tom Bauer book. Like you, I got you to review the Tom Bauer book because I remember you messaged me and you're like, I think I'm going to do. Was it the House of Hilton or was it something? I did House of Hilton. Oh yeah, there was there was one other one you were going to do. And you're like, oh, should I do the revenge? And I'm like, do revenge. I'm like, trust me, this like revenge book is so juicy. And then that's, that's, I, uh, I Markle pilled you into seeing the truth about her. I but- think it was Tori, <laughs> I think I was going to do Tori Spelling. Oh, yeah. yeah or Holly Madison. One of them. Yeah, it was one of oh, the Oh, no, it was Holly Madison. It was Holly Madison. And I ended up doing hers too, but the royal one was juicy. <laughs> yeah. And well, let's say it sent you down this, this path now, but like, in the Netflix documentary, she smeared my friend Sean Lester, and I had to watch a scene from the documentary because I wrote the story for it for Daily Mail, and I caught a fucking major lie in it. So I, I'm like, I didn't even watch this documentary. The one scene that I go and watch, I see a big lie, and 
The scene that I'm talking about is she hired this company called Bot Sentinel to investigate how she'd been trolled, okay? This guy runs it, Chris Boozy, who was very dodgy, by the way. He's being sued. He's associated with Amber Heard. Um, he came out and he said that there was this coordinated campaign from these, like, 82 Twitter accounts that were run by white, American, middle-aged, you know, housewife trolls, and they were recruiting other trolls, and that, you know, together they had this huge outsized audience of, like, 17 million people that they were reaching. So they were trying to say that, like, it was this small group of, like, coordinated trolls that were all working together and they had all this power, and then they play this compilation of, what is meant to be the trolls and like included in the compilation is uh, my friend Shallon, who she just would criticize them on YouTube. She does videos every single day, but she puts out a video every day and she has a handful on Harry and Megan. And like, yes, she criticizes them, but she's certainly not part of like some coordinated right, Twitter yeah. troll. She's a commentator like yeah. everyone else. And then, so they say this, they say there's 82 accounts in t- 2021. Okay, Twitter investigated this bot sentinel report. The Twitter spokesperson said, we investigated over 50 accounts referenced in this report. Our teams took action on four for violations of our platform and spam. Um, So they found four, not 82. And then they also said, at this time, there is no evidence of widespread coordination. There's no evidence of like the use of multiple accounts by single people or manipulation tactics. And they also said that the term bot gets misused all the time because people now refer to bots as just people they don't they trolls. disagree with. Not not right. everything's a yeah, they're just trolls. They're not a bot, they're just opinionated people you don't agree with. Not and this happens in politics, by the way. I mean, they had the whole thing with the Russian disinformation, which we won't get into that. But if you actually look into the facts of that, of when they said that, you know, there was this coordinated campaign to spread, you know, from Putin and stuff. And then you look at what the actual accounts were and what the, it's not how the media was spun. So they did that with this too, but it's like, they put in the documentary, the part of him talking about the trolls and stuff. They don't put in that Twitter responded to this and basically debunked everything you're saying. And like, I can understand it. Retelling. Yeah. Yes. You're admitting facts to spin your narrative. And it's like, I understand if Megan got caught in this a couple of times because, look, if you're a public figure, if you're putting out a lot of information, doing a lot of interviews, et cetera, you know, sometimes we do contradict ourselves or whatever by mistake. But I'm like, every time this woman opens her mouth, this happens. This isn't just a couple of incidences. This is like a fucking laundry list. And then to come out and like want to silence people, it's like very anti-free speech. Like what, you can't be criticized? Like it's crazy. It's very much like you either love me or you can't say anything about me. And it's like, that's not how the world works. Okay. And to me, it's like, I don't feel bad for them. I call them the Royal refugees because that's what they were. They came from Canada and they got in, sought asylum with Tyler Perry who paid for, you know, their, their private security in this, on this giant property that they got to live in during a global pandemic. And they needed that because they needed all of this space. I'm just like, these people are so out of touch and they moved to Hollywood so that they can get away from the paparazzi and they sign a documentary deal and a book deal and a podcast deal because they want to live a quieter life and they want to close themselves off to more criticism. And it's like, well, then don't sue the, ma- don't sue the press and don't put yourselves out there more and don't do a book press tour and all of that. And people are like, well, then they still need to make money. I'm like, so then have her go fucking work at Walgreens. I don't give a shit. She can make money other places and she doesn't have to continue to put herself out there publicly. And then, 
it, it's just the documentary was awful, Jacques. It was insufferable. Every single episode of it made these like very hard comparisons to Diana and try to make it seem like she's just like Diana. I'm like, if you think that she's like Diana, you don't need to hammer this in every single episode. We got in every episode, her charity work. What a great philanthropist she was. I'm like, if she's this great of a person, you don't need six hours to tell me how great of a person she is. Now it makes me think she is a bitch and Kate Middleton should have punched her. (laughs) <laughs> well, can we just talk about the philanthropy? Because I wanted to ask you about this because you have experience in this world. So the Tom Bauer book, by the way, just so I always recommend the Tom Bauer book. And I've always said this from the beginning. I When I read that, I said, okay, it's definitely one-sided, etc. It's definitely biased. But I was like, if even 50% of this, you could say, say you want to be super generous, say 50% of this is bullshit. The 50% of it that's true is like still damning enough to like paint yeah. this picture of megan okay so you can even say half the book is fake which by the way if it was they would have sued the book and taken them to court but of course she's not going to take that book to court because then she's got to prove that it's not true and ding dong like the shit in that book is like pretty true again even if you want to be generous and discount some but they talk a lot about if you're going to do a lawsuit like that's the one you do you don't sue the press over the leaked letter to your dad yeah you go after that the the book that just rips you a new asshole, but of course, because it's it's honey facts in that book. But anyway, um, I think the book does a very good job of kind of exposing the celeb philanthropy world and the social climbing that goes on in there, and the schmoozing and the way people go in there to build their brands and and build their profiles because it's like I do believe she's charitable. They actually had a story in the book. I think when she was like in school, she was trying to, you know giving food to the homeless or something. So I believe that she has that genuine philanthropic side. I just think there's another angle to it. I think she wants to be involved in a certain type of philanthropy, which is like, you know, I'm at the gala with George and Amal Clooney and we raised a million dollars for AIDS research, but actually 800,000 went to pay the event and administrative fees. And then, you know, the people with the aid, they still got 200 grand, but she wants to be in that. She doesn't want to be down at the fucking soup kitchen with no cameras. Like, where she's not getting glory for it. And um, you know, you've been in the you've been in the world of philanthropy and stuff. Like how many people are in there just to raise their profiles and, and connect socially a lot? Oh, right? nobody does it genuinely. Like, I mean, listen, it's nice, but like at the end of the day, all charity is self-serving in some type of, in some way or another. That's why people post about it on their Instagrams. That's why there's press at these events with celebrities. Like it is a whole machine and it's like, you just have to play the game because you know, at least for the people that care enough, you know that at least some people are still being helped with this participation of this whole, you know, facade and game. But like people come in and it's not, they're not doing it because they really want to help the homeless. Like they're doing it because it makes them look good and it makes them feel good. Yeah. And, um, the the book's interesting as well because it has how like she was obsessed with Emma Watson and wanted to be like yeah. Emma Watson and she was like getting into the UN because people are like oh my god she was a UN ambassador it's like yeah she she fucking bent over backwards to get the title that she had and she was trying to get up there so she could be in the same room with the Angelina Jolie's and the Emma Watsons and she wanted to be in that circle like it was a for her it was a, a ladder to social climb and then also do a little bit of good but you know she was bringing like cameras and press with her on you know when she would go to Africa and shit and um I think that with Megan like you can definitely say when you act again for people that actually really look into her and don't just believe like what's in the Netflix documentary which is just yeah. propaganda her 
goal was always social status, brand build, money, power, which is typical of a lot of celebrities, can't hate on it. Looking at the Harry with Harry coming out with the book, he's just in this for revenge. Like he's just bitter at his family I, and selling at his family. I think he was a party boy and he knew he was never going to be king and he didn't care about the rules of the royal family and he was always looking for a way out and he just didn't think that that was ever going to be possible. And then someone like Meghan Markle comes into his life and she's like, we can leave and, you know, we ride at dawn. And he's like, let's do it. He's like, I don't know, like Heather Gay, I don't know what she's talking about, but I like it. You know, <laughs> that was Harry. He was like, okay. no, that was. It's yeah, just like and- the shit in the book, some of that stuff, it's like, tell it to your therapist. Cause it's like, I believe he has a story to tell. And I believe that he can come out. And there's an interesting story where we could feel empathy for him of like what it's like to be not fit into this sort of this cold British family and this institution that you sort of didn't have a choice and losing your mother young and like, you know, your dad had like, I think there's a story in there, but it's like he put in so much specific inflammatory information just to make them look bad. Like the Nazi costume story where he's like, well, William and Kate, you know, encouraged me to wear the Nazi costume and we're laughing. It's like, I'm sure they did laugh at the costume, but it's like, is that necessary to bring up something from, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? There's like, just take responsibility that you wore or don't mention it. Either don't mention it or just take responsibility and go, it was the worst thing I ever did. But then to specifically put that in, it's like, you wanted to put twist the knife into them. Yeah. And then he's on his press tour being like, I want to make up with my brother. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't want to make up with them. You don't care to make up with them. You probably fucking hate them. And that's fine. People hate their families. And, uh, you know, I get it. Fine. Hate them. Don't want to be a part of them. But to constantly disparage them, knowing that they're not going to respond to you because that's not their protocol. Like, he's... But... And and it's not even just the the dirty airing of of the family laundry, but it's also, like, the talking about, you know, them being circumcised and talking about losing his virginity behind, you know, a pub to an older woman and she took advantage of him. It's like all these other like weird, salacious, like just like gossipy. Just trashy. Trashy. And and that's the thing is like, yeah, because you don't get paid tens of millions of dollars to write a boring book. Like that's, this is... For Megan, it was about PR. That's why her, I think the stuff she has her hand in is so kind of like, yeah, it's just so pro Megan. And it, it's like the podcast is terrible as well. That's just an image thing. I mean, it's the worst podcast I've ever heard. And for him, it's just totally just like revenge and making money. And, um, yeah, and you know what? It's kind of treasonous, honestly, because from Harry's point, not Meghan, but from Harry, it's almost treason, honestly, because it's like the monarchy is like part of the fucking government. You're selling out your, your you're selling out your fucking country, and on top of that, he and this is more of Meghan's thing, but he's backed it. The whole racism narrative that they've pushed, they they've made Britain look like a bunch of fucking racists that couldn't handle having, you know, a biracial woman in the, which is just not true. Like I, you talk to anyone that's English about their reaction or if you knew English, people were so excited. They were like, wow, she's going to modernize the family. And like, we really needed this. It also like blows my mind that that's the hill that she wants to die on. And yet she also talks about very openly how she didn't identify as being a woman of color prior 
You know, she never had to experience that. And listen, and that's a privilege that she has. I'm surprised Americans aren't more fired up about that because that's a privilege that she has that we talked about. We had that conversation here in 2020 about the privileges that you have by having a lighter skin tone color. And like it completely just shits on that real argument and this whole conversation that we had about racism and discrimination and, you know, it just she well, has made a mockery of it for her own personal there's, gain. There's segments of the black community that are talking about that. Of course, it doesn't get highlighted, but I've seen it on Twitter. There is plenty of just normal black Americans that are like, "Yeah, we don't fuck with her because they're like she didn't fuck with us. All that she wanted yeah. to be lean into her white side. She wanted to be in white spaces with Emma Watson and Gwyneth Paltrow, and not." talk about her race until it was convenient for her and now it's like and i think a lot of these people they do believe there was racism against her but they're a bit like well then you went in and to the british and then you've you know you found out and now you want to like play that up when before you didn't want anything to do with this but it's like you know people don't talk because whatever it's not it's not the pc narrative um you know i asked people on instagram I was being genuine. I'm like, how much money would it take for you to sell out your family? Because that's, yeah, that's literally what they've done. And, you know, it's a legitimate question because it's like, we're not talking pennies here. We're talking hundreds of millions, you know? Yeah. (laughs) People have a price. I mean, I guess it depends on like. You're very close to your family, though. You think that. You did matching Christmas sweater photos, don't you? Like, you do the whole dress alike for family photos. I think I saw that in one of your videos. I don't know if we – I mean, I – You had a photo on your wall, and it was like you were all in the same, like, sweaters and jeans Oh, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it wasn't Christmas sweaters. It was no-filter merch, okay? It was their Christmas card, oh. and they all wore my merch in it because I was like, we're going to – this is a write-off, and we're going to, you know, we're going to sell some merch with this. Um, so – I am very close with my family. Well, part, yeah, I, some of my family I'm very close with. Um, you recorded a rap music video together. Yeah, we do a Christmas card every year. So, yes, we are very, my mom's side of the family, yes, we are very close. And with my dad's side of the family as well. Um, but I just, how much, I mean, I don't, I, I really tried to think about this question because I'm like, most people would be like, I would never sell out my family. But I'm just like, mm, it depends. Like, how close am yeah. I to, like, which family members? Like, can I, I, can I trash my stepmother? I'll do that. Yeah. Give me a hundred million dollars and I'll tell you all her dirty secrets, you know? But then there's like the other side of it that's like, well, that's my sibling's mom, blah, blah, blah. So it depends on the family member. It depends on the status of our relationship because we all have a Samantha, right? She has her sister, Samantha, who's yeah. just thirsty and bitter and whatever whatever and fine sell out samantha but why do we have to sell out the king and prince charles and kate i know kate that's middleton why are we selling out kate middleton why are we talking about your brother's circumcised penis and him being a racist like what is that benefit that's why it's different again because it's like it's the fucking monarchy it's not just a normal family like i came on here my podcast got popular originally one reason was because i would come here and complain about my mom and my family because I'd moved back home during the pandemic when I, and I was like rant about that because it was so stressful living back at home. But it's like, it's one thing. And I just thought it was kind of like funny and not that big a deal. Like it was entertainment, but like when it's like a branch of the government and you're, and then it's also like painting the whole country as like racist, like it's a different level of shit. And, you know, they yeah. had a price and it was, you know, 180 million or whatever. And price. Yeah. <laughs> sadly 
Sadly, the Netflix documentary has worked because I've met a lot of people that they haven't done the fact checking on Megan and they watched the documentary and they just believed the because I think people as well. I think people think that if something is a documentary that it's real, it's like a documentary is just a reality show or whatever with an angle. Like it's not, but I think people think it has a certain level of. I wouldn't even call it a reality show. It's, it's a packaged PR piece is what it really is. It's paid media. Um, That's, that's what documentaries have become. But I think people hear the term documentary and they think that there's got to be some legitimacy to it. Right. You know, Casey Anthony's documentary was horrible. It was a total PR piece and it was just like a total garbage. And I'm just like the way that the producers were trying to bait the interviewees and trying to get them to, you know, work them to the angle. I was just like, what am I watching? Like this is, and it's the same thing with the Megan and Harry documentary. It was total garbage. I was having this conversation with my mom where, where she was like, but did you see the documentary? And then I was like, well, what about this? And what about this? And I started poking holes in the little documentary story. And then she was like, whoa. And then I saw her yesterday or the day before. And she's like, she was like, I was wrong. <laughs> she's like, I was wrong. She's like, I think Harry's dumb. And I think Megan is a lot more, you know, strategic than we, than we led, than we were led yeah, to believe. If, if you don't look into it, you don't know. Cause I always compare it to the Casey Anthony documentary as well, because I'm someone that did not like, you know, these true, these big true crime stories, like that stuff doesn't really go off in Australia. That's a very American thing, you know, Amy Fisher, um, Casey Anthony, all of these like big trials, like it doesn't really happen here. So I never really followed much of the, I just knew the broad strokes of it. Then when I turned on that Peacock documentary, you know, the first two episodes, I'm like, she's innocent. Like she's amazing. Like, you know, free Casey Anthony. Like I was ready to become a Jen Shah stan. And then, you know, people were like, no, this is bullshit. And they sent me some things. And then it's like, you know, watch this Megan Kelly interview and watch this. And then, um, then the people are like, look, she said this, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like I just got caught up in the, her tears, her white woman tears and got sucked into this peacock thing. Cause I didn't know the facts. And then I look into it and I'm like, oh yeah, she, you know, whether she killed her or not, she, her or the dad, one of them fucking killed the kid, you know, like, so I got sucked into it and that's, how I feel about the people that watch the Meghan Markle thing and then the, suddenly they like her. It's like, you guys are really not up on on what's no. going on. Well, we um, trust. It's just, it's a matter of like trust. We we get what we see and we trust that we're being told the truth. Why would anybody go and, and, and do a, a documentary series where they're going to lie to us about being treated unfairly and about, you know, the racial the people being racist against them. like, why would somebody in their right mind actually go and do that? And then you're like, Oh, they're getting paid a hundred million dollars. Yeah. They're going to sell. Over <laughs> yeah. like, well, you know, things have, um, things have definitely changed a lot in the last couple of years. Cause you remember when the, especially in America, when Meghan Merkel first came out, you could not criticize her without being called a racist. And people were scared to even say they didn't like her because they thought they would be called a racist. And now it's like the discourse of now we have celebrities coming out and going, shut up, Meghan. Like more people are like exactly, saying yeah. it, but we couldn't before. So, um, okay, I want to wrap up, but do you have any, do you have any final hot takes, anything? Um, I mean, I'm an open book, shock. It, it, well, uh any final, I mean, Jen Shaw is a monster and I'm glad she's going to prison. Um, Meghan Markle is not great. Um, Heather okay, Gay I've is just one. as awful and insufferable. No, we, 
Stone. Oh my god, Heather Gay, love her. A shout out Heather Gay. I need wow. to try and she follows me since I interviewed her, but I don't message her. Um, Will you interviewed her? Yeah, I interviewed her at the Daily Mail and oh. uh, loved her. I thought she was, and I questioned her about Jen Cha. I'm like, why? I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, you're like a Manson girl. Like you're in a cult. Like I said it yeah. to her face because I'm like, this is crazy. And she was just was like. She just, she sounded brain. It was, I posted the interview actually on my Patreon, the audio of it. But so guys, if you want to sign up for Patreon, that's there if you dig back. But um, it was scary. It was like, she sounded like she'd been brainwashed. I've never heard anything like it. I just was wild. But I'm just fascinated by Heather Gay. I don't know what, there's certain housewives that I get like weirdly obsessed with, which is Bronwyn, who I just can't look away from. Heather Gay, now Bethany with her, just me and Jess. I mean, I had Jess uh, on the pod last week and we just like went in on Bethany. But my hot take at the moment is um, I'm not a Lisa Hochstein fan at all. I think she's so fucking fake and performative and I think she's totally pretending that she's been blindsided by this divorce. I don't think he's great either, by the way, so it's not like I'm pro-Lenny. But I think that a lot of the shit that he's sort of saying about her is like, you are horrible to me and you're like, oh, I believe him. <laughs> I believe they were horrible to each other and I believe he probably threatened to leave her on several occasions. So I don't think she was blindsided in that sense. And I'm pretty sure they had a contentious relationship. Um, I don't believe that she ever thought that he would divorce her though. Like, I think she thought that the threat was always there, but I think she thought it was always a bark. I don't think she ever expected him to really leave her and then to date somebody so quickly after her and to do it. So like shameless, like he has no shame you know, and he's doing it all publicly. So I do believe that she was blindsided. But the hard part is it's like, she's not likable. She was never likable in the earlier seasons. She was never enjoy. She was always very bratty. Um, so I don't love that so many people are like standing her all of a sudden. Um, I, I think she's being turned into a martyr and I kind of get yeah. it because he's acting like a dick, but I just think that we're only seeing the ones we're only seeing the Lenny is the worst side and we're not seeing anything bad about her because with her, the only narrative we're getting is like poor Lisa, but I think more stuff will come out, but it's like, yeah, look, normally I'll defend the terrible people. And, you know, I could have easily been a Lenny, a Lenny Stan, but that fucking floozy that he's with, you know, I don't, I, I don't dive into things so deeply on it, but just from the stuff that I see, apparently she was sort of like a fan of the show and she was, I think they said on the show that she was like licking her lips when she saw Lisa and she follows Lisa on Instagram. And she's like 26 and I'm like- And liking just, their family photos, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, she, Lenny, come on. Like, I don't know. If Lenny had moved on with like, a no, like okay, probably a Barbie, but like say someone more age appropriate, I'll be like, he just wants to be happy. But like seeing him with this bitch, I'm like, no, he's a fucking, they're both, they both just suck. Um, do you have any Vanderpump Rules tea? I'm not even excited about the show. I just know that you get pump rules tea. So I'm, <laughs> I'm asking while I've got you. I don't think I have any pump rules tea. Normally I do, but pump, like Vanderpump's been so off the, like, off, like we haven't heard anything about it. We don't even know when the trailer's coming or anything. I mean, I'm assuming that if the show comes back in February, the trailer has to drop any day at this point. But no, I have, I honestly have not heard any Vanderpump Rules tea. Mm, I did not watch last season. I probably will start watching it again just for Patreon. To be honest, the only reason I'm still watching Bravo is literally for the Patreon recaps because I'm making money off it. There's nothing on there that I'm that excited 
or care about, at least as far as like all the things that I have to watch now. It's Bravo's really slipping down the list. Although I do really want to watch The Love Without Borders and I am, I've been saving it up. I'm going to watch that just because everyone knows I have a dream of uh, marrying an American and, you know, moving to America. And I'm always trying to like get these long distance romances going and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Sure. I mean, out. that doesn't sound like a prize-winning show in my eyes with Bravo. I mean, I just I want to know like where they're going. Like, what are they doing? What type of content are they trying to build up? Like, you know, well, they just, I just they wanted to have their own ninety-day fiance, but I think the premise of it is good. Um, apparently, it's a hot mess. I will watch it. I am back on OK Cupid, trying to find my um, oh. American lover. All I get though, it's so funny, right? So I'm trying to get to the states, and then I have like I get all these messages and likes from like guys from South, like Southeast Asia, and I'm like, because they're they're trying to come over here, and I'm like. Look, I know you're looking at me as a me- I'm trying to find my own meal ticket. I can't be your yeah. meal ticket too, honey, to, to get out of, like, Vietnam. Like, I'm trying to get out of Australia to get to the States. So, you know, move along now. Um, have you watched the uh, the Jamie Lynn show with, like, Kenya and Dr. Drew where they're, like, no, in the Oh, is it good? No, I haven't <laughs> I- seen it. I haven't watched that yet, but I kind of do want to watch it because I love Kenya and I love Dr. Drew and I feel bad for Jamie Lynn. I'm actually team Jamie Lynn. I think people are horrible to her. Yeah. Oh, you're not a Jamie Lynn fan. (laughs) I know. I don't have an emotional attachment. Like I have no, like, I don't care. Like I wasn't marching in the streets to free Britney. I like, listen, it was, I don't like what, what was happening to her, but like, I just, I'm not that emotionally invested in it as I know other people are. And I know people hate Jamie Lynn Spears. She doesn't sound I great. Britney but- stands bully, bully Jamie Lynn. Like they just, they want to, they want to blame everyone for Britney's yeah. problems except Britney, you know, like, and it just, like, it gets get a little it, too yeah. mean. I get not liking the dad and I get, you know, the mom had had to be complicit in it at some point. I just, I'm like her little sister was part of this orchestrated scheme against her to have her drug. Why aren't you dragging the brother? Like the brother was old enough and aware of what was going on and we're going to drag Jamie Lynn. I don't know. It's just, but I just I, think they're so cruel and you know, they get, Jamie Lynn doesn't look that great on the show just because, you know, you're out in the army and you're all dirty, you know, to have makeup and stuff and she's put on weight. Yeah, and people just get the screen and just talk about her look. I just think the fucking Britney fans is so fucking nasty. They're so mean. You know, I was liking them during the free Britney thing and I'm like, yeah, they've, you know, they're doing something good and now it's like, you guys are just like bully. I mean, every fandom is horrible, I think, like. Anytime you're in a fandom, because the thing about a fandom is this is why I have so much trouble being in the housewives world is like the people that are in a fandom, whether it's like Marvel or it's Britney or something, it's kind of their only interest. And it's like they wake up and they live and breathe that all day where I'm like, I'm just not in a, I pop to different fandoms because I like so many different things. I think once you get right into it, it becomes cultish and weird. And then you're like hating on Jamie Lynn yeah, all day and we posting. We shouldn't be that obsessed about anything. Like, <laughs> Okay, one, one, last, one last question, because I actually get this question a lot and I don't say anything. Uh, How are you with Adam from Up and Adam? Because people message me and they go, oh, my God, I was watching Adam's live or Zach's live and, like, are they, what happened between them? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you'll have to ask Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess... 
I guess I feel safer talking about it on your show rather than on my show. Because I feel like when I talk about it on my show, people then like run to him. They're like, he said this or he said that. And I feel like I haven't said anything mean. Like I'll take a couple of like cheeky little jokes about, you know. I do tell you to get off Twitter. I do message yes. you and I go, don't be shady on Twitter. Don't be shady on Twitter. Yes. And and sometimes I'm guilt, I'm impulsive and I react. And But I mean. It's that no filter wine. It's the no filter wine. Yes. Um, what was the question? What happened between us or yeah, where we are? Ha- right well, now? no, just how, how are you guys? Like, cause people always ask me, people message me. I mean, we're not great. Things? I mean, here's the thing. I did reach out to him. Um, I haven't even said this on my show. I did reach out to him at, at the new year and I just sent a really nice text message being like, listen, I know shit went down last year. I, like, but I want to know, I want you to know, like I enjoyed the friendship. I enjoyed the tour. I had a really good time. Um, I know shit went down. I know we're not in a great place, but I just want you to know that like, I'm wishing you, you know, all the best on your new marriage and, you know, living your life. Like, good. I want to start the year off on a clean slate. So let me come and trash you on the unpopular podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so I did send that. I did not get a response, but I shouldn't have been the one to send that because the last exchange of messages was not very nice. And it was very ruthless and toothless. Cause like, here's the thing, people come into my lives all the time and they want to know what happened. They want to, I'm very open, you know, I'm very open and I would give everybody like the full scoop, but I'm respecting that other people don't want shit out there. Yeah. I will own my shit and I will own the parts where I was wrong in things. And I'll be like, listen guys, here was the situation. I was wrong in here and I was wrong in here. And, and, and that's what it is. Other people aren't willing to own their shit and other people don't want their shit aired out. And I'm not trying to air anybody's dirty laundry, but I'm just like, I don't understand, you know, and anytime I say anything about it, which I'll probably end up hearing something after this, but anytime I say anything, like a fraction of anything, I get blown up with like these crazy, scathing nasty text messages and i'm just like i i can't win this game so no we're not in a great place we're probably not going to be in a great place anytime soon um but i did reach out and just say listen i I know hopefully this new year we can just like not you know yeah i think that's a good like i my dad taught me this when i was young which i usually try to do i um I got into trouble at school. The teacher was a fucking prick, by the way. So it was actually not my fault. But I think I told the teacher to get fucked or I threw. So I don't know. Like I was not that. Well, I was, uh, I was reactive. Okay. I was a bit of a Jen Shah. No, actually, well, she starts shit. Who's someone that reacts when they get poked? Um, I'm Candace. I was a Candace Dillard. Or does she start shit too? I, I don't know. Brandy. Erica reacts. Yeah. Yeah, Eric. Actually, I was and, and, and Erica because I feel like Erica does not start shit with people, but then when you fucking start up with her, bitch, like Poker, yeah, that was me throughout school. So we had lots of fist fights and incidents, and um, I got into it with the teacher one time. The teacher was a fucking prick, and then fist fight. Uh, in ah uh, no, not a fist fight with the teacher, but I don't know. I, something happened with the teacher. I can't even remember now. I mean, I haven't thought about this for like fucking. 20 years but i think that then i was banned from the it was a like computer class and i was banned until i apologized i'm like well i'm not fucking apologizing you know i'm stubborn and i'm not going to apologize when i didn't do something wrong but then remember my dad was like you know whatever the situation is like you just have it's you know the saying of like if, if you drink poison expect the other person to die you're just hurting yourself or whatever um he's like you've got to like clean your side of the street and then leave it up to them and they can do that if they want. I'm like, mm, okay. And then I did. And then it was fine. And then I've like, 
done that in the future. Like there was a group of people that, well, this is when I was really young, but like my group of like gay friends that I had when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, around then. And then we had this like huge falling out and it was like drama. And I was like a total, I was like beyond back then. I was horrible. And then, you know, a year or two later, I... I mean, they were the worst. We were all the worst. So it wasn't just me. Everyone was the worst. But I remember emailing two of them actually later and I just like apologized for everything. And I didn't do it in a way where it was like, but you did this and you did that. I just apologized for my shit because I had like grown up then at that point and like you could see everything clearer. And I'm like, let me just cleanse it from my side. And then whatever they want to do with that they can respond to me or not. So I've taken that in my life anyway. It's a long way of saying I think you did the right thing because I did that. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I was just, yeah, I'm like, listen, I don't care to keep it going. The hard part is it's like I feel like if we would have just hashed everything out and, like, you know, like we could be in a decent place right now. Um, But, listen, that's just not where we're at and and that's life. You have ebbs and flows. You have friendships. I honestly think that maybe a couple years down the line, there'll be an opportunity for us to be friends again. I would be open to that. I don't think... You know, I think I would be violating my own boundary if I were to allow that to happen anytime soon. Um, But, listen, I... He has a very large platform. He is now married. So, you know, what I wish him nothing but the best and i i mean that you know we obviously were friends and so there was like that genuine connection and bond that we had um and so there is always going to be love there and i don't think that i think that it got to the place that it did because you know you don't get like that for people you don't care for you know it escalated because there was genuine hurt which came from from a true bond and true you know caring of each other um and you know we'll we'll see i'm good i have so many other good friends and i have so many other good opportunities and you know yeah i mean i've made heaps of i've made heaps of friends since doing the podcast and like being in this industry like pretty much everyone i'm seeing and hanging out with and stuff when i come to the states most of them they're either all from the podcast or they're actually from back when i was a blogger back in the day so it's all people that i've met through like doing this so you know i've met so many great people i'll be seeing you in april obviously because i'll be in la for a while so you'll have to i'll say you could take me out to the hot spots but i feel like all you do is work so (laughs) yeah i don't have hot spots to take you to (laughs) or i mean yeah i don't i mean i would be like let's go i'll take you to the to the vanderpump rules tour We'll go to Sarah oh, and we'll go to Tom and we'll go to Tom, Tom. I'll take you on the tour. And then we'll go to Sutton's store. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna do the um the the Vanderpump bar crawl. I think that one's off the list. Um <laughs> I think I can handle it. Okay, uh thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um everyone knows where to find you, and I'm gonna have all of the links in the show notes, but just like give a plug anyway in case people don't. Yeah, just plain Zach all over the internet. No filter with Zach Peter is the podcast. So tune into No Filter with Zach Peter and yeah, just just keep up with me. You know, it's so funny. I always tell people that I don't know how you are. I'm like so loose and lackadaisy with sending nudes to people. So when people like DM me and they're like, can I have a new, I like don't care. I'm like, here, yeah, I don't care. I don't want them back, but like, yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, my DMs are open. So I'm literally an open book. Like, have your have your nudes leaked yet, or have people? No, I'm surprised. I'm pretty open with sending nudes to actually, which is funny because I'm like pretty conservative generally in terms of like I don't have like one night stands or something. Like if I went on a date with like I wouldn't I would 
I would be offended if I went on a date with someone and they were like trying to have sex with me on the first date. I'm like, we're on a date. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, oh, but when it comes to like new, I like really don't care. Like, I mean, by guys, don't just start hitting me up for nudes. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know it's, you, but yeah, like, I'm pretty like if it's like my if it's like my friends and stuff like that. Like, I don't like I don't really give a shit. Um, you send your friends nudes. Yeah, I don't care if it's like my friends, and, like guy, well, people I know and stuff. Like, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I don't like care, that. Right? I, I'm most people are opposite, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh my god, I would never have sex with my friends or I'll never do yeah. anything. Like, I'm the opposite, where I'm like, well, yeah, I'll, I'm happy to like get down with my friends because it's like I know you, I know you don't have monkeypox, like I know that you're not just gonna like disappear tomorrow. Whereas when it's like with a stranger, I'm like, hell no, like bitch, I don't know you, I don't know what disease you have, I don't know if you actually like me or if you've just been pretending to like me because you know you want a blowjob and now you're fucking off to the next one the next day. I never hear from you again. Like no, 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 no. no. So if it's a friend or people I actually know. We're good. If it's like strangers, I'm not trying to get monkeypox out here. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, yeah, follow Zach and yeah, get his wine too. The, the the wine is good and it'll get you very drunk. And if you see Zach being messy online, it's because he's had too many cans of no filter yeah. wine. <laughs>